We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everyone? Before we get to the show, I just want to let you know you got to vote for Pat Mayo for Fantasy Analyst and Sports Betting Analyst of the Year. It's important to the show because it will free us up to do more stuff in the new year if we can win these awards. So if you hit the description of the podcast, you'll find the link to vote for Mayo. You can vote for both awards, um, and you can probably vote once per day, too. We do this uh, up until the 15th of December, so as many times as you can vote, please go do it. It takes like 45 seconds. You want to make a real impact for this show? go do that right now hit the description vote for mayo in both categories and boom we'll have more content for you presumably in the new year if we can win so please help me out there on with the show welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Week 15 rankings breakdown. We'll touch up on the waiver wire as well. We'll have a injury report up to date as of right now. Once again, if you always want to hit the updated rankings, hit the description of this podcast or vidya, and you can find them up there. I will update them every single day as we go along because as you know, you don't need to submit, especially in the fantasy playoffs, your rosters on a Tuesday. Jake Seeley from theathletic.com will be joining me momentarily, but I got some news for you. If you want to get into a draw for 75 DraftKings dollars, what you do is subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast download those episodes that are up there with a little cloud next to them leave a five-star review DraftKings handle on something you enjoy about this show and boom you'll be in that draw for 75 DraftKings dollars if you want to get into a draw for 20 dk dollars smash the like button for the video leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and uh, tell me on a scale of one to ten how confident you would be playing james connor this week if he ends up coming back then you can just be in the draw for 20 dk dollars also you need to vote mayo I'm not going to lie to you. Vote Mayo. If you hit the description of this podcast or video, you'll see a link 
to vote for Pat Mayo for Sports Betting Analyst of the Year and Fantasy Analyst of the Year. You can bet, or you can bet on it. I mean, if you bet on it, you'd probably be, well, I guess if you bet on me, you'd probably want to vote as many times as possible. Please take your 30 seconds, go vote for me in both categories. That would be fine. Or if you just want to vote for me in sports betting and vote for Jake Seeley for Fantasy Analyst of the Year, a category that neither one of us are going to win, that would be nice, right, Jake? (laughs) yeah 100 percent. that one i'm not winning that one and i'm not winning the social media one either oh bummer maybe maybe you can win the ones that aren't fan votes yeah that, that's it's like the fan votes are going to come down to like the footballers lisa ann and uh eric young basically people with 300 400 followers are gonna win i will say maybe listen i i ended up winning the fan vote last year against some pretty big people because the mayo nights that was video there. Yeah, it was video, but it was against like people with way bigger followings than me. It was against like ESPN people because the people who yeah. watch this show and listen to this show galvanize when like 0.01% of the people who listen to them vote, but like 90% of the people who listen to me vote, that carries some weight. So everyone out there, go vote right now. I'd give you money, but yeah. I'm not allowed. Well, too bad. You're, you see, but that's the thing is like your push for me on social media last year worked to get me in second place, which was still a mile behind the footballers. If you like anything about the show, you, at least like my turn. Can you even see baby Yoda? I got a baby Yoda t-shirt. Oh, baby Yodes. You're in, you're all yeah. in on the Yodes. I'm all in on baby Yodes. It's baby Yodes right down here. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of low. It's kind of low on the shirt. Unfortunately. Oh, so now you, it's black on the microphone. There yeah. So now no one can hear you, but you're, yeah. you're enjoying the show. Uh, yeah, definitely. The last episode was a little slow. Not, and I don't mind slow, but it didn't have. You could take out that episode altogether, and it would have, have no bearing on the season. Okay, I mean, sometimes there's just character building episodes. We don't know, but uh, it wasn't even so much of that. There is one more episode of this show left in the fantasy football season. Some people were asking me why this week was the season finale of the waiver wire show, because we're going to do the ranking show next week on a Tuesday before waivers actually happen. And then you don't need the waiver wire show. It'd just be the same show. We're going to have the (laughs) rankings. Like there's only one week left. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. Wait, I actually had somebody already in my waiver. Well, first of all, everybody in the waiver columns asking to start their lineups. Like, look, the rankings haven't changed. They're still out Monday or Monday, Tuesday night at midnight. Like that hasn't changed. And as you said, I know you're excited, but you don't have to set your lineup. Actually, please don't set your lineup today. But then I already had somebody like, what are you too good for us or week 17? Like, dude, look, I'm still going to have stupid rankings for week 17. Oh, yeah, you're, you're actually dumbass you're, league. You're doing rankings for week 17. I just give a big quick <laughs> fuck you to the people out there playing week 17. None from me. Look, <laughs> that's why you vote for me. Look, I'm still going to help. But the ca- like, there's always a caveat of, hey, guess what? Once you get past RB 15, Good luck, buddy, because people could be yanked. People could be put in. People like you have no idea. And there could be people. And I say 15 because there's probably people inside the top 10 that aren't even going to be ranked or normally playing because they're resting their players for the playoffs. Let's talk about the waiver wire for this week because there was Boku injuries in week 14. I'm just looking at the running backs right now. I still have DeAndre Washington at number one. I don't think that Josh Jacobs is going to play, especially now that Oakland doesn't have anything to play for. Uh, look, so this is going to come down to, I think the team doctors, because we saw what happened last week. He wants to play. You know, he's in tears on the sideline. And this is just knowing his backstory. If anybody wants to go read about it in college and everything like this, read his backstory and his family, everything like that. This kid is an admirable person uh, for what we know. And he wants to be out there and he wants to play because he loves this game. He's going to be out there if he can. And that's why I say it comes down to team doctors, because if it's one of the situations where it's, hey, if you feel like you can play and you can't do further damage, 
then I think they might just put him out there just because, look, the Raiders still want to win any game they can to try and get, you know, the momentum heading into Vegas next year and get fans starting to build up again because they're moving to the city. So you got to get some fan support going. I'm with you on DeAndre Washington. I would still go Mostert first, although I don't trust Shanahan. If Mostert came out of this game with three carries for 10 yards, I wouldn't be shocked. But at least I know Mostert, as of today, is the lead. Josh Jacobs could surprise us and play, and that's the only reason I would go Mostert than Washington. I actually have Mostert way down on the list because I am afraid of that very thing that you just talked <laughs> about, that if he walks out of this game with three carries, at least we're going to know with DeAndre Washington. If Josh Jacobs plays, do not play DeAndre Washington. If he, yeah, Josh but Jacobs doesn't last play... Two games- Look, look, the last two games for Mostert, Tevin Coleman got pushed aside. And then last week, Brita comes back and had as like, what was it, 12 snaps to 11 snaps for him and Coleman. So the use was there last week where it was like, okay, these guys aren't even involved now. The risk is Shanahan screwing us over as he's done time and again this season. But I understand why. Look, I'm not saying you're wrong to have him that low. That's the downside of Mostert. So if you want the safer play, I 100% agree with you. The, the safer bet here is Washington the more upside in case Jacobs comes back as Mostert? I actually went DeAndre Washington, Adrian Peterson, Patrick Laird, then Mostert. Because I know those other three, if they're playing, and like if Josh Jacobs is out, which right now I'm anticipating him being out, I'd just rather play those three guys because I know they're going to fetch the ball. I actually went Laird over Adrian Peterson. The snap count was there last week. Miles Gaskins was barely on the field. And it's not just about this week. Mostly PPR is what we're talking about with your rankings. It's Laird also gets the Bengals next week. So I'm thinking more of a two-week play as well with Laird. Okay. I mean, I can definitely get on board with that. But it does look like Geis is going to miss the times. So that's going to be a situation where AP is just going to be fed because all Washington does is run the ball. Yeah, well, you get Chris Thompson back involved. Remember, he used to be somewhat good at running the ball at times. Somewhat, but now without Geis there, like I would expect if I was like to project out a snap share for Adrian Peterson, and I'll even give them the worst case scenario that they're down by like 14 points this week uh, in the first quarter. Adrian Peterson's still going to play like 60% of the snaps and get 20 carries and all the goal line work. Yeah, but it's the Eagles run defense. I'm still taking Laird. All right. Another another dollar loogie bet that we forget to keep following up on. (laughs) I have them written down on like a pad of paper somewhere. Yeah, I'll go Laird versus AP. I mean... Here we go through your papers this offseason to be like, oh, they, oh, they said what these were. I'm trying to see who I actually ranked higher this week. I actually have Laird ranked over Adrian Peterson, so I guess I can't make that bet. I should probably change that in the waiver <laughs> column, then, shouldn't I? <laughs> there you go. I forget stuff week to week. All right, let's talk about running backs. Um, you're going to play you know, the guys who got you there, but the injuries for this week, it looks like Bell will return for Thursday night. I have him in the rankings. It does appear as if James Connor is going to play against the Bills this week. Again, that's the giveaway. And Bo Scarborough with his ribs problem, looks like he's going to play, at least as of now. Likely out, Jordan Howard, Josh Jacobs, Damian Williams, Tony Pollard, and Blell. Pow! Out officially, at least right now, probably for the season, Darius Geis and Rashad Penny. That leads me to my number one. You ready for this? It's a shocker. I'm waiting. Christian McCaffrey, number one. Wait, hold on. You already have a tweet, Pat. Why do you keep putting McCaffrey number one? He's clearly fading. Is he clearly fading? <laughs> I mean, he had a bad game I last week and scored like 24 points. <laughs> I know. I love it. It's the best. It's kind of ridiculous. So McCaffrey at number one, Henry, Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, and Todd Gurley, whose usage has just been ramping up here over the past little bit. But any problem with those guys inside the top 10? No, I, I, I 
very similar myself. I think at this point of the season, we've kind of locked in almost the top 10 at this point. And I, I like that you do have Chris Carson as high as you do, because look, whatever the use might be with Penny out there, it's even going to be more so on Carson at this point. Like, even if he fumbles, I can't see them giving that many opportunities, it, it, even with the fact that uh, what's his face. Now I just forgot his stupid name. And I was talking about him the other day. Um, no, Travis Homer. Travis Homer, explosive, but Travis Homer's a small dude. Like, it's like these guys might be used a sprinkling in the passing game. But even if Carson fumbles two, three times, you're not going to see more of CJ Procise and Homer starting to take over that, like the ball carrier role. I have a team that is still alive in the playoffs after a glorious win on because Philadelphia's defense didn't show up for my opponent. So I ended up squeaking by. I have Saquon Barkley on my team. Give me a percentage chance that all of his terribleness will regress the other way this week. And he'll score like 70 points for me. Wait, wait, are you saying he's due? I am am saying that he's due or he's terrible. One of the two. (laughs) No, he's not terrible. Look, did you watch the Eagles game? Like he looked pretty good back there at times. And honestly, probably had another player two left on the field by Eli Manning, especially that early one where he threw right behind him. But like Barkley's got a good situation. here. I think the biggest question about Barkley has just been, I don't think he was a hundred percent for a while there. The dude came back supremely fast from a high ankle injury that most players don't come back like for eight weeks, half of season, full seasons. So, you know, granted kudos to him for playing through it, but I think we're finally starting to see the past two weeks where he's getting back to hundred percent and it's the dolphins. He should, he should be inside the top five. You'd hope so. Aaron Jones at number 11. I have Nick Chubb at number 12, followed by Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon and Kareem hunt. Fantasy pros has gloriously ranked Mark Ingram at number 16. Not me. He's in worst place for me. DeAndre Washington Sauls, Josh Jacobs at number 17, Phil Lindsay, Devin Singletary. And I put James Conner at number 20. It, it, he's back at practice. It looks like he's going to play this week and I need him. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I think a lot of people need him. At, to be honest with you, I, I know we need him, the owners that have him. but as an owner myself, who also has contingency plans that aren't James Conner talent level, I have contingency. I would rather just him be out and then questionable heading into this game because it's the night game. It's the bills. It's a tough defense. Like I don't want this iffy situation. Just please give us a clear picture by Friday. And if he is fine to go on Friday, I, I, I think this is a fair spot for him because you would be concerned about the matchup in his first came back and probably possibly aggravating the injury. Yeah. You, you have to run the risk, like you mentioned of him re aggravating the injury, tough matchup. But once you get past him, it's like, I'd still rather gamble on his upside, especially because Jalen Samuels is now dealing with a groin injury that it could keep Con- like if Connor actually is healthy and why would you sit out all this time? just to come back when you're still not a hundred percent. Like he said last time, then he got hurt again. You think they would learn from their mistakes. It does. <laughs> you, you don't know with these things, but maybe they have that. It's a situation where he could be on the field like 80% of the time. And it, it's hard to find guys who do that besides Patrick Laird. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard to find, but you know, I'm looking at the guy you have right behind him facing Le'Veon Bell facing the Ravens. Like I kind of feel like, I don't know how many teams are able to sit both of them, but you got to roll out Le'Veon Bell if you're in this similar situation, I think that assuming it sounds like Jordan Howard doesn't return this week, maybe if he does, but some of these guys behind him, like Miles Sanders, even Laird in a full point PPR, some of these you might just roll out just in case because you can't wait for Sunday night and then be left holding the bag. This is true. So I generally make the rankings for me. 
uh, and me alone. I mean, that's how I used to do it before I actually got into this business. So that's how I've continued to do my rankings over time. And as you know, I own Josh Jacobs on every single team. So I actually now own DeAndre Washington on every single team. And he plays in the late game on Sunday. So I guess it does depend on what your options are. I move Connor to my flex, knowing that if I'm not quite sure about what the situation is with him, that I'll have potentially the out of Jacobs or DeAndre Washington if I don't want to gamble on James Connor. But if you're too risk adverse to do something like that, I'm fine with not playing Connor. But I just think in the face of some of these other options, like Miles Sanders is no good. So that's an issue. <laughs> well, I think Miles Sanders, the cramping got to him too. And it's a great matchup for him, at least in this situation. But my biggest issue is the fact that by the time we hear about Connor, if we don't know on Friday, your backup options are Snell, likely. I'm assuming that you might have him on one of your teams. And then the other three teams, like people own Singletary, people own Marlon Mack, and people own Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. So maybe Latavius Murray? Like that, I just don't know if you want to wait that long to fall back on one of those kind of options. Yeah, so I guess it depends on the individual team that you'll have to game plan and construct your roster around that, however you see fit. Uh, the rest of the rankings, like you mentioned, Le'Veon Bell at number 21. Marlon Mack, Patrick Laird, Miles Sanders, Duke Johnson, David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert, your boy, Colonel Mostert, Adrian Peterson, Devonta Freeman, Sony Michelle, Carlos Hyde, LaShawn McCoy, Tariq Cohen, James White, Bo Scarborough, Jamal Williams, Royce Freeman, Kenyon Drake, Matt Breda, Jalen Crockett Richard. He's actually a guy you could pick up in the late games if you were like ultra desperate. Yeah, if that's a pivot if Jacobs is out, but if Jacobs plays and then you're still trying to wait yes. on Connor, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a look. It's gonna be a frustrating situation for some owners out there. That's all I can say. Uh, are you worried about Marlon Mack? He didn't look great. Now, albeit it was against Tampa, and he did get himself into the end zone. But it's not like the Saints are. I mean, it's an easier matchup on the ground, but it's not significantly easier by any means. No, no, you like to get into space against the Saints. It, look, this I've I haven't been that big on Marlon Mack this year in general. You know that, and we've talked about it a lot, especially because your rankings are full point PPR. I default to half point PPR where he's still dinged uh, non PPR. It's kind of like the Derek. He's, you know what? That That's a really good, he's a poor man's Derek Henry. Like he's just not as good. He's just not as good in the running game. He's not as efficient. He's not as productive. And then he's basically the same in the past game, possibly even less because he doesn't get rumbling and then get, you see defenders try to tackle him high because they don't want to run into those tree trunk legs. And you don't have like the 50 yard scamper uh, scamper is not a good word for Derrick Henry, but I, Marlon Max issue has always been that. And whether or not he's a hundred percent, it's not a great matchup for his style here. If you're not going to be used in the passing game and that's Naheem Hines and ha you know, Naheem Hines hasn't been that usable this year, but still I am because to answer your question. Yeah. I'm concerned, especially because he is facing the saints. Uh, if Jordan Howard sits, Miles Sanders, clearly the lead back, but do you think you could use Boston Scott if you were in a pinch? Cause with their because now that Elshon looks like he's done, I doubt JJ Arcega Whiteside ends up coming back. Maybe Aguilar ends up coming back. I don't know, but their offense looked really good with Boston Scott. Now it was against the Giants. It so. did. Well, <laughs> here's why, and this is what I talked about in the waiver column: is Boston Scott is essentially Darren Sproles. So he's speaking to the Saints. The Saints drafted him in the sixth round last year. Didn't make it with them. The Eagles picked him up. He's kind of been on and off the roster. But if you saw anybody who out there watched that game. Just take the swap the jersey out and put Sproles, and you'd be like, oh, that's Darren Sproles. That's who he is. And I bring that up for the fact of what you just said is if there is no Jordan Howard and we are down wide receivers and like the Joshua Perkins thing and all that type of stuff, running three tight ends out there. But the point of Boston Scott is 
what is the one thing that we've always seen Doug Peterson do before even this year? The biggest thing was saying nobody ever touches the ball 60% of the time. The only player to ever do it was Darren Sproles three times. Well, if he's going to be Darren Sproles, you've seen Doug Peterson use that role. And I think that, yeah, if Jordan Howard's out, I think you could potentially see Boston Scott as a half point, full point PPR RB three flex. I would feel so uncomfortable with that, but Hey, in a pinch, sometimes you have to, right? I mean, well, let's talk about the other guys that are in that range. I think I would feel if Jordan Howard is out and there is obviously no Alshon Jeffrey, as you mentioned, no Ortega Whiteside, if Nelson Aguilar is iffy, I'd probably feel a little bit better than him than like looking at the guys here in this range. I wanted Jalen Samuels, uh, not knowing the usage of what breed is going to be after seeing only what was it, 11, 12 snaps last week. I think that I'd roll him out there over some of those guys just to go for that upside. You would. You would play Boston Scott if Howard sits over Matt Breda? I'd go, I would chase the upside. Absolutely. Hmm. Yes. But I mean, well, that would be Shanahan comes out and gives Breda 20 touches, but look, if everything holds true to what we just saw last week, Boston Scott's got the higher ceiling. All right. I could do that. Would you play Drake or Boston Scott? I, I'd still would go with Drake. We know Drake's getting all the touches. Although all right. David Johnson, you vultured him technically <laughs> at this point, David Johnson turned into a vulture. And I said, that's the spot then after Kenny and Drake, one spot ahead of Matt Breda. Uh, is there any like stud that you would consider benching this week? Do you think? Cause it's tough. Like Mac would be probably the highest one. I'm going to move layered ahead of Mac. Why not? Sounds like fun. <laughs> I'm looking right. What do you mean? Stud like top 10 or just a guy you've been playing all year. I'm, I'm looking at your list right now that I've been playing all year. There's like, there's not because basically once you get past Joe Mixon, uh, actually, I would show you your favorite player, Mark Ingram. Once you get past that, Philip Lindsay, okay, he's somebody I would still continue to play. James Conner, you have to. His has been injury-related. Le'Veon Bell, I guess if you've been loaded and made some moves, I could see sitting Le'Veon Bell for a Thursday night, but with no Bilal Powell, that one's tough to swallow. But I, I could, that would be the that spot right there. The, bat, the Bell-Mac range right there would be where I'd be like, you know what? If I need to chase some upside and, you know, if I want to shoot for the moon, then maybe. All right, let's move to receiver then. Um, number, actually, let's talk about the injuries at receiver first. I have Taylor Gabriel, Adam Thielen, and Juju Smith-Schuster currently in the rankings as likely to play, likely out. Let me catch my breath on this one. Mike Evans, Devontae Parker, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, Adam Humphreys, Nelson Aguilar, Will Fuller, DJ Chark, Alshon Jeffrey, JJ Arcega-Whiteside, Nikhil Harry, Albert Wilson, Hunter Renfro, T.Y. Hilton, AJ Green, and Scott Miller with a hamstring problem officially out already. Calvin Ridley's done for the year. Paris Campbell, the Frenchman, he is done for Dussie Zang, and Auden Tate was just placed on injured reserve as well. So... The rankings, Michael Thomas, number one. DeAndre Hopkins, number two. Godwin, Adams, Tyreek Hill, DJ Moore, Edelman, Galladay, Diggs, Cortland Sutton, Julio, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Emmanuel Sanders, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, and Amari Cooper. That's the top 20. I can't envision a scenario where you're not playing any of those 20 guys. Neither can I. I think those are all pretty much locked in at this point. All right, well, let's keep going down to through the lock list then to see where that stops. Christian Kirk is at 21, Michael Gallup, 22, Zach Pascal, Marvin Jones, Debo, Mike Williams. <laughs> so after Marvin Jones or after Debo? No, Marvin Jones. Like It's a smash matchup, but it still comes down to David Blau. Mr. Blau. So after Zach Pascal then? 
Yeah, but I would actually go. I would trust Debo more than Marvin Jones this week. Oh, man, I like Marvin Jones this week. It's like everyone against Tampa. Don't be scared. Marcus Johnson yes. had a big game against Tampa last week. I know Marcus Johnson is all, all I was about to say also leapt for two of those, both the touchdown and the giant 50 yard play and not that Marvin Jones can't, but I mean, those are, those were not even 50, 50 balls. There's a good chance one of the two of those folded the ground, especially the touchdown. And we're not even talking about it. So I understand. I just, I continually go back to it. It's the tight end discussion with the Cardinals. It doesn't always work. It didn't work with Vance. It didn't work with Eifert. It didn't work with Josh Hill. It, granted, Marvin Jones talent-wise is better than some of them, but it comes back to the quarterback. Do I t- trust Blau that much just because he's facing the Bucs? I'm a little hesitant. Well, I mean, it's Marvin Jones and the talent and the work that he's actually been getting with Blau. It hasn't been great, but this is a far superior matchup. Then you look at the other guys behind him, whether it be a Debo. Uh, I mean, Debo, we know what the upside is here, but this could just be a big running game for the 49ers. But then you have a whole bunch of guys that you normally use just have shitty matchups like John Brown. What has Lockett been doing? Is Slayton really for real or do you just feast on the Eagles defense? Uh, Anthony Miller, what happens when Gabriel comes back? How healthy is Odell Beckham? And it's you know not a great spot for him anyway, uh, just because he hasn't been good at all. A.J. Brown, are we just going to live off that one week? McLaurin, is he going to catch a touchdown every single time? Jamison Cratter is a bad matchup against Baltimore. Robbie Anderson's getting all this run. Like Once you start parsing out all of these guys behind him, I feel comfortable with Marvin Jones. And yeah, but I was talking specifically just about Debo Samuel. <laughs> All right, awesome. I'll, I'll give you a Samuel then. I'll move Samuel one spot ahead of Murray. Actually, Jones. give me one more. Give me Mike Williams against the worst cornerback due in the half, second half of the season this year in Minnesota. I'll, I'll play Mike Williams too. All right, so Zach Pascal, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, Marvin Jones. That's how it's going to work. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, do I have DD overranked without DJ Chark? And like, should he be closer to Conley or potentially Keelan Cole? No, actually, I think just Conley should just be higher. Where is Conley? I have Conley at 42 behind Robbie Anderson. Yeah, but I would play him over. Brandon Cooks doesn't even deserve to be in the top 50. I uh, Cooks, Would you play? No. I, well, I have Cooks at what? Number 39? Would you play Cooks yeah. or Juju? Juju. Really? You can, play, you can keep playing Cooks or, and the answer is going to be everybody else. All right, I'll bump him down then. Would you go Isaiah Ford or Brandon Cooks? All right, well, that's a little bit different. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have, I have Isaiah Ward at number 49. Like, someone needs to catch passes for the Dolphins. Uh, they do, but, I mean, is, is Albert Wilson going to be okay? I know you said likely out, right? Yeah, I, I, work, a, I work under the impression that if anyone on the Dolphins has any sort of injury, they'll be immediately placed on injured reserve. <laughs> that's what they've been doing I'm all actually, season long. <laughs> I'm actually pulling up right now to see if Wilson's in the protocol or not. Because I know what? he had the concussion. Because yeah. he had the concussion, but it's, they said week to week, and they say whether or not he was in the protocol yet. Yeah, I mean, I just assumed concussion on the Dolphins, probably done for the year. Yeah, that's fair, but I, I got to tell you, if Wilson's out there, I'd play Albert Wilson. Yes, if Albert Wilson is out there, sure, yes, I would play him over Isaiah Ford. But if he's not yeah. out there, then you're looking basically at Mac Hollins, Alan Hearns, Isaiah Ford, and Gesicki. Like, those are the only, and Laird. Hearns, Gesicki, and Laird. I, don't, I wouldn't even touch anybody else. So, yeah, I would play Cooks over Isaiah Ford. All right, so that's where I'll put him in. So you play Marcus Johnson over Brendan Cooks, even with Dontrell Inman signing with the Colts? A hundred percent, I would, because Zach Pascal is going to get the Marshawn Lattimore treatment. So is this, is this that, true? Mark, Marcus Johnson gets to eat up PJ Williams and Eli Apple. Okay, so with Mike Evans out right now, and this is where the waiver pickups kind of come in. 
Scotty Miller is still dealing with this hamstring injury. And I think he would be the logical guy to slot into the Mike Evans spot. But that's not what happened because he didn't play on Sunday. And we don't know if he's going to play this Sunday. It'd just be helpful for all of us if Scotty Miller missed another week here against the Lions. <laughs> and maybe we're over-projecting the situation. But Justin Watson is going to play at least Mike Evans' spot on the field. But Brashad Perriman's still there. He'll still do his normal Brashad Perriman thing where he's catching bubble screens or running go routes down the field, which could be valuable, I suppose. But, like, would you play Watson? I would play Watson in a heartbeat. And that's mostly because what have we talked about on the show a lot this year is the fact that the number two and threes, but mostly the number twos against the Lions have just been dominant this year. I mean, go through the game log and look at it. It's number two receiver, number two receiver, number two receiver, because Darius Slay is still underrated. And Darius Slay does a good job of shutting down the top option. I'm not saying he's going to keep Chris Godwin in check for the entire game. I mean, that's, that's, that's talent versus talent. And I, it's similar if Mike Evans was out there against Darius Slay. I would still start Chris Godwin as a wide receiver one and think he could still find his way to three or four catches with some big yardage attached to it and potentially a touchdown. All that being said is that's why I think that Watson's in a prime spot here. And to your point, I would go Watson over Perriman because of the talent. And I think if you saw the usage late in that game when Mike Evans was knocked out, it was pretty similar. And Perriman's just, he's one dimensional. He's Mike Wallace. You know, he's just going to like go run downfield, run your nine route, run your high school football yard, just have fun type of things. But the true receiver of talent wise, he's still a little bit raw as Justin Watson. So I would definitely play. You know what? I'd play what if, if Miller's out, I'd play Watson over cooks. I mean, that's how I have them ranked right now. When, when I put in Brendan cooks where you told me to put him in, Justin Watson now appears higher on the list. There you go. Boom. Done. Yeah, I mean, you swing for, the swing for the fences here. You don't want to go down like a coward. Oh, you know what? Yeah, and you don't want to go down with a zero in your lineup thanks to Brandon Cooks. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Watch him go off for like 50 points this week. Yeah, I know. It's uh, going to be three touchdowns and 175 yards. I mean, if the matchup was better, Calvin Ridley is now out for the year. How do you feel about my main man, the Wizard of Oz, taking over the Ridley spot? <laughs> oh, all of Mady Zacchaeus? Zac yes. Zacchaeus? He was a wee little man. He's not a wee little man this time. This is this is a good size one. I still like Russell Gage. I think I, both I, are interesting I, players. I, I, but I, like I prefer Russell. Gage too, but his role isn't really going to change. He might see a higher target share, although that seems to be somewhat impacted by the return of Austin Hooper. It does feel, feel like Oz is going to be on the outside where Kelvin Ridley was playing. <laughs> Oz. The problem is the match. So I will say this. I don't actually really like Gage that much as a starting option if Sherman and Williams are both back for the 49ers. I know they didn't look good. Uh, but both of them got knocked around in that game. Both of them came out of that game. That 49ers defense, just it's an off week. What a surprise. Not every defense is going to smash every single week. How did the Patriots do against the Ravens? Not every defense. This is why their defense is. Uh, somebody actually said that. I just bring that up. I, I'm a little bit better if you can tell in the waiver column. Like, 49ers are still a must-start defense? Yeah, thanks for the negative points. Okay, they had one bad game. I'm sorry they had one bad game. If Williams and Sherman are back, I'm not a big fan of either Zacchaeus or uh, Russell Gage, but if one or both are out, I think the intriguing play. The question is going to be which one's out. If Sherman's out, I like Zacchaeus, 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 Zacchaeus a little bit more. I'll just call him Oz. It's so much easier. I mean, we can, we, we can call, is, we, we put it this way: we can call him Oz, or we can call him Doctor Zayas. Ooh, hmm. I like Doctor Zayas. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe Oz. We'll, Which we'll means throw... you probably should go Oz. Yeah, we'll, you know we'll, how we'll probably stick with, with Oz. With but but, but instead of going the Wizard of Oz, maybe we'll just go Oz and call him like Anna BC or something like that. <laughs> there you go. You could do that. Uh, but if for Oz, if Williams is out because Williams spends time in the slot, I would I would like Gage more. So that's your answer right there. Okay, uh, Anthony Miller. If Gabriel comes back, do you have a, as much 
confidence in him as he's kind of built up over the past few weeks. I do. It's not a great matchup though. The Packers past defense has been more good than bad this year. They're real. They're more vulnerable against the run. And there has been some games where they've gone belly up against the pass, but again, more good than bad. I still like Anthony Miller. I would still put him in front of Taylor Gabriel. He was starting to move in front of Taylor Gabriel as he was getting healthier to be even before Taylor Gabriel got hurt himself. So I still like him, but whereas I think Anthony Miller, even against the Packers, is in the wide receiver three conversation. If there is no Taylor Gabriel, I think you'd knock him down to wide receiver four. The volume has just been so great. And even last week, when the volume finally took a step back, he was still he caught almost, what was it, four out of five or something like that. So he was still highly productive on his targets. Remember, everyone out there, to smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section and tell me your confidence level out of 10 in James Conner doing well this week, returning from injury against the Bills and playing in the late game where you're going to have to survive with that. You do that in the comment section, it'll be in the draw for 20 DK bucks. If you want to get in the draw for 75 DraftKings dollars, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Download the episodes, leave a five-star review. DraftKings handle and something you enjoy about this show you'll be in that draw for 75 DK bucks and if you hit the description of the video or pod you'll find the link to vote for Mayo for sports betting <laughs> analyst of the year do that as many times as possible just to show you're a true fan of the show and help pad out a little bit so I can continue bringing these shows to you as much as possible and live with good guests like Jake Seeley right Jake <laughs> yeah 100% or vote for me and waste your vote yeah, don't vote for Jake. Vote for Pat. Just do that instead. Quarterback rankings for week 15. Likely in Patrick Mahomes with his hand. Likely in Jameis Winston with his hand. Likely out Daniel Jones with his ankle. And Matt Stafford. I'm, I'm starting to doubt we're going to see Matt Stafford again this season. But number one in the ranks. 15-point favorite at home Thursday night. Lamar Jackson. He's got to be one, right? <laughs> Shocker. I know. I'm shocked. Yeah, now bench Lamar Jackson. Jets are too good. The Jets run defense is so good, they'll stop Lamar. <laughs> uh, Deshaun at number two, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Jameis Tannehill at six, Breeze, Kyler, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Dak Prescott inside the top 10. We always disagree the most at quarterback rankings, but you know what? You should have copied my rankings from last week. I think I was the only person who had Breeze inside the top five. I think you were, so kudos to that. Pat Mayo knows things. <laughs> Batman knows Drew Brees. Spoiler alert. I get one of every 20 calls right. Ba-boom. That was the hey, one. Did, were you really on the five touchdown game, though? <laughs> I mean, I thought he'd have a good game. Like, I saw a lot of people, like, benched him for, like, absolute duds. Uh, I don't know if there was duds. I, I know I had one. Somebody was asking me, benched him. I'm trying to think who he benched him for. Somebody who had a good game. That, that was the thing. It's like, there's a lot of players that actually had, I'm looking at the list right now. I'm trying to figure out, oh, Sam Darnold actually had a respectable game, but there was like a Sam Darnold. I know some people benched for Ryan Tannehill who had a good game. So some of the people that he benched for wasn't so bad. It was the problem. If you benched him for one of the worst options, which I think there was like Josh Allen was that that one made no sense to me, but like Josh Allen and Tom Brady and Gardner Minshew, if you did any of those, that definitely hurt. Yeah, the biggest one I had, I mean, if I'm going to pat myself on the back, Barry Horowitz style about having Breeze at four, I had Cousins at number three, and he was useless. Oh, yeah, that that, that, that was another one somebody asked about. So, yeah, I think it was about 50-50. It worked out for some, worked out for not others. Nobody expected that to happen, and he just threw the tight ends all damn day. Yeah. Did you see anything inside that top ten, someone who should be out of the top ten, someone who should move inside the top ten at quarterback this week? 
Uh, I think, you know, Fitzpatrick is a little bit aggressive. I don't mind it. It's a great matchup, but you know, that's going to be a game where listen, man, they they can't settle for eight field goals. Again, you turn two of those into touchdowns and he he scores 30 points. No. So where I'm going is something we talked about sneaky wise for playoff defenses is the giants defense. They do. Look, they do play a quality defense, as you just saw against the Eagles. Granted, that was a sloppy game because of the weather on top of it. But for the majority of the game until like overtime in the last part of the fourth quarter, you know, they they were pretty much in control. And I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen against the Dolphins. And Fitzpatrick's not going to be afraid to throw. What I'm saying is if this game turns out like that game, I don't think that Fitzpatrick is throwing 250, 300 yards, two touchdowns. Like, I feel like this could turn into a 13, 10 nonsense game that nobody wants to watch. And that's my only concern about Fitzpatrick. Look, look, I don't hate the play. I just feel like I'm looking at a couple, like, did you have Garoppolo in front of him? Cause I would go, yeah, I would go Garoppolo against the Falcons before Fitzpatrick. Uh, I would probably like, I just trust Aaron Rodgers more. I don't, again, I don't hate it, but you asked me the question. That's where I would go different. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Fitzpatrick here. Like I said, he was just off of having a big game. He does bring rushing ability to the table, although he goes big rushing week, no rushing week, big rushing week, no rushing week. He just had a big rushing week, so maybe you don't see it here. But my biggest <laughs> the one good thing about Fitzpatrick versus a lot of these other guys for their fantasy upside, like Garoppolo. Yeah, we all know that Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the matchup is pretty good against Atlanta, but San Francisco is so good. They might get up by a bunch here or just be able to run the ball the entire game. The fun thing about the Dolphins is they can't run the ball. So they barely even try. They just throw, 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 throw. And that's exactly really what you want to be doing against the Giants. Uh, Yeah, look, again, certainly fair. You make all your case against it. I don't like that you had a personal slight against my rankings, Jake. You don't like that. How dare you? How you should get, you should get you. with that guy with Twitter last night that says, oh, you do such a great job. But could you tweet more about football and less about dogs and Star Wars? Guess who got mutumboed for life? Oh, that guy. Yep. Oh. Immediate mutumbo. Guy sounds like a loser. It does. I got to get a T-shirt. I got to get a T-shirt that says mutumbo. There you go. You, you talk to what, what is it? The company that makes all the shirts? Rotoware. Kenny. Yeah. Sure. To do that. <laughs> sure whatever i'm just gonna start making a shirt it'll be the highest selling fantasy shirt of all time i'll just say cast on it people can wear it <laughs> i thought i was gonna say something else no uh guys that you could potentially stream here like i know that people are i think that david blau isn't necessarily a trap i have him ranked in like the mid-teens because the trap. Match, mr blau uh <laughs> is so good i have him at number 16 because that matchup is excellent but I wouldn't be real like I know people will roll him out there over like, oh man, like Josh Allen's matchup is so bad. And I agree it sucks, but there's no way that Josh Allen gets me to this point and I'm benching him for David Blau. I'm just not doing it. Like the one good thing no. about Allen is he always has the big play potential if he could ever hit on a deep throw. And you know the rushing is always going to be there, that he has that upside too. Blau could just be terrible. A hundred percent definitely could be. Uh, I'm looking at it now and are we now in the conversation where Baker Mayfield's streamable? He is streamable, like, but he's also potentially bad, so you have to watch out for that. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's now considered a streamable quarterback. That's kind of what it's like. So I see your rankings, but Josh Allen against Pittsburgh, is it's, so it's the rushing versus the fact that Baker gets the Cardinals. 
yeah, I'm just not inspired by that deep. Like, especially after what I saw last week. And like, I, I'm a masochist who watched a lot of that Bengals-Browns game. And the Browns found a lot of success by running the ball as much as possible. Like, Baker yeah, would have had no, a terrible fantasy day if he didn't himself rush in a touchdown. Well, see, that's what I say. It's like, Baker does run. This is Yeah, a, but he, uh, like, he, he doesn't run like Josh Allen runs. And Josh no, Allen okay. generally calls his own number at the goal line, too, which is huge. Yeah, I just could see this. This feels like another smash Jarvis Landry spot, especially on DraftKings. That's fine, but, like, Jarvis Landry can have his big game, but, like, Baker could end up with, like, 200 yards passing and a touchdown, and that's not really doing <laughs> Hold anything. Hold on. Time out. I, I want to go back to enraged Pat. Are you ready to get pissed off again? No. Come on. Come on. You ready? In your chat for the video. So that being said, do I start Breeze or Tannehill? That's excellent. That's fantastic stuff. I was really expecting check the like I thought uh, you I'm not, gonna well, ban I, for life. I don't look at the ch- uh, only during the Sunday show do I actually look at the chat and then I can ban people for life. To think I, I read okay. the comments or look at a chat. I mean, you just give your fucking head a shake on that. Think I want to delve <laughs> into that world, please. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You're you're best off just not looking at that stuff. I mean, we're doing the live show for the purpose of doing a live show. It's not a chat show. We're just doing our show. It just happens to be live. Sunday, I just <laughs> Sunday, 9 a.m. or 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. That is when we take the viewer questions and we look at the chat. And let me tell you, that chat is a fucking cesspool. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I'm just laughing at the fact, at least I know it's not only me that in my rankings column, people are like, should I start blank or blank? Uh, you just scrolled right past the rankings. Now, it's, now, in fairness to people out there, I do do my rankings, as I've always said, memento style. So they're not in sequential order. So just because someone's ranked at number one on the list, I don't even put the numbers in. So they could be any number. So it's just up to you. Whatever way that you want to interpret the rankings and who's actually ahead of who, you know, that's on you. If we pan the camera, is there just a giant board of like yellow sticky notes next to you with like the notes of what to do? Um, I'm actually, I mean, people so rarely see me wear short sleeve shirts that, you know, I have so many tattoos about where the rankings go every single week. It's <laughs> just worst place, Mark Ingram. That's the one like right there on the forearm. Yeah, yeah. I have that on a forearm. Jared Cook on the other forearm. Don't play him and don't forget <laughs> Sammy Jenkins and we'll be good to go. <laughs> I love it. Tight ends for Z week. A lot of injuries at tight end. Do you see if Noah Fant's going to play or not? Because he was carted off the field, but apparently like, he might be okay. I know. That's, I got the same question you do. So I put him in. So I got to the point now at this season, like if you have a tight end, you're probably fine and you're in the playoffs. If not, I kind of started putting streamable tight ends similar to the quarterbacks. And I put Fant there for now because I'm I'm as baffled as you are. The dude was carted off the field, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he might be fine." Didn't that happen with somebody else early this year that got carted off, and then he was back the very next week? I forget who it was. That used to happen to Fred Jackson all the time. Uh, but he did it like mid game. He used yeah. to pull, he pulled the Paul Pierce all the time. He's like, "All right, here I come back, and I'm going to run for 50 more yards." Yeah, well, it wasn't his fault. He was like 95 years old. <laughs> I miss Fred Jackson. He was Definitely. so good. For he so was long. great, and nobody ever wanted him. No, so my tight end rankings for the week, I have Mark Andrews in the Thursday night game is in right now with his thigh injury. Uh, Likely out, Luke Wilson, Rhett Ellison, Greg Olson, Gerald Everett, Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, Ryan ah, Ryan Griffin in the Thursday night game, Jared Cook, and Vance McDonald out for the season. Foster Moreau is out. So I did not put Fant into my rankings as of yet, but guess what? If he's active, I'll put him in the rankings. Big shocker. Spoiler alert on how the rankings work this week with the injury report. So number one, I got... Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, one, two, three. That's the way we drafted them to begin the year. 
they're the best so that's what you do jack doyle number four darren waller hardly newer number five higby number six assuming everett is out austin hooper mark andrews assuming he is playing at number eight hunter henry at number nine david njoku at number 10 if andrews sits would you move up hurst or Boyle into a situation where you would actually play them I would move both up and Hurst would be the only one that I move up into somewhere where I would play them. And I probably move them in front of the mediocre options. And I call the mediocre options like Jason Witten. That's the first one I'm looking at right there is do I want Jason Witten against the Rams? Jason Witten, blah, whatever. Jason Witten's not facing the giants. I don't really care about Jason Witten. And so I'd shoot for the upside. And the reason I like Hurst is the reason the Ravens made the mistake of drafting him first is because they thought they were getting the better all-around tight end because he blocks so good. But that's where I'm going with this is the fact that, yes, he probably gets asked to block more than running routes when he's on the field, but that mixture keeps him on the field the entire time where Boyle struggles sometimes in that area. He's just not as good as Hurst. He's still a quality blocker. But if you're telling me who's on the field more, I'm going to trade Hurst for Doyle. But the problem is, like, that's always concern is the downside is understanding it might be a one or two point game because he might get the OJ Howard under Bruce Arians treatment where he just asked to block the entire game. But for the snap count, I would still go Hurst. Number 11, I have Ian Thomas, assuming Greg Olson sits again after him. Sticky Gasicki. Hopefully he can actually catch a few of these red zone targets like he had last week and just drop the ball where they were poorly thrown. But maybe against the Giants, he can come through for us. Uh, Jacob Hollister, Darren Fells, Jason Witten, like you mentioned, uh, OJ Howard, Caden Smith, Dallas Goddard, who was kind of replaced in the offense on Monday night by Perkins, whoever the hell yeah, that is. Where do you have Perkins? <laughs> Who the hell is Perkins? Where Josh did he, Perkins, Joshua where, Perkins. Yeah, been, where, where did he come from, and why is he playing over Dallas Goddard all of a sudden? Legitimately no idea why he's playing, period. He's journeyman. I think he's been in the league since like 2016 or something, and it's just it's kind of caught on here. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't go back and look. I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the practice squad last week because I don't remember him being on the roster until this past week. But in any case, I don't. nobody knows why. And the only person that knows the answer to that question are uh, people that are on that team, or Doug Peterson himself. No idea why Joshua Perkins is out there. I don't know if Goddard maybe got the flu that was going around for some teams or maybe something happened during the week or whatever it was. But, I mean, Goddard made a little bit noise late in the game, so it didn't look like it was injury-related. I legitimately have no idea. I don't have an answer for you, Pat, but I'm still rolling with Dallas Goddard. I don't think Joshua Perkins all of a sudden is cutting into Goddard's work. Uh, I agree. So, if you had to, you could technically play Dallas Goddard. Of all the guys to pick up this week, uh, I would think that if ever we, we don't know if Everett's going to be out yet or not, but if he is, Higby is clearly the pickup. If it's yes. not him, you just grab Ian Thomas, right? Uh, well, David Njoku got dropped on a lot. He's under 60% now. So I had Hick for mine, the only top two streamers. And when I said, like, these are, like, just plug them in if you can go get them, are Higby and Njoku. Because Njoku, obviously, it's not just facing the Cardinals. Because, we, again, we just mentioned last week, just facing the Cardinals doesn't always work out. That's the fourth time. But it happens a lot more than it does. And Njoku is still a good talent. So those would be the top two. But I have John is still sitting out there in a lot of leagues. So it's John O'Hurst and Ian Thomas for the upside. I think Ian Thomas is up there with John. And I'd probably I'm probably with you. I'd probably lean with him because John Smith's just been kind of inconsistent. Yeah. And at least through one week of Greg Olson sitting, Ian Thomas was highly involved in that offense where, like you yeah. said, at least I, we have the one game sample of his consistency, which really means nothing. But at least he did it last week where we've seen with Johnny Smith. It's one week where he's like, okay. And the next week he has one target. 
Yeah, and the Seattle Seahawks have been vulnerable against tight ends as they have been for the past couple of years. And the one thing about Ian Thomas is a lot of people, myself included in the industry, thought is that he would be used kind of like Dallas Goddard's been for the Eagles this year because of that talent and upside. It's been interesting that he hasn't been, but now, as you just mentioned, it, it went immediately from barely using him to, hey, you're just filling the Greg Olson role and you're out there. Which Raider that we've never heard of is going to steal Darren Waller's touchdown this week? <laughs> Uh, I think we finally got through all of them. I think last week was the final. No, 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 no. Derek Carrier still must be on this team. No, but Derek Carrier's already done it this year, hasn't he? Yeah, I'd say, I guess yeah, I, and I have heard of him, so I guess that would work. Yeah, yeah there, so there's got to just be his name off the cusp. So there you go. You've you've heard of the guy. There's, I'm kind of looking right now. It's, well, no, because that's what I'm saying. Gaffer just checked the box. We've heard of Aitman and Doss. I mean, that's that's everybody's there. We've heard of everybody at this point. Oh, I guess yeah. it's just. It, it would be has has Doss scored yet? I don't think Doss has scored this year. So there you go, Keelan Doss. They're gonna bring in like Kaiser to catch a touchdown or something stupid. Deshaun Kaiser? Him. No, yeah, he's yeah. on a roster somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, he's he's their backup, isn't he? Yeah, I said that's what I'm saying. He's on their roster somewhere. I didn't know if he's like active though. I don't know if is it him or Glennon that's usually active on game day. I think Glennon is usually active on game day, but maybe that would be their thing. They're down tight ends because Foster Moreau's on IR. They'll bring in Deshaun Kaiser, <laughs> Deshaun new, Kaiser. new tight end. <laughs> To steal this, there must be something. And I know Waller signed that extension. There must be like a bonus for touchdowns. They're like, yeah, why don't you stay out of the end zone there, Derek? What, what do you think? It comes out of Derek Carr's p- paycheck? Yeah. <laughs> Your bonus, Derek Carr has to write you the check. Uh, defenses. Let's close this out. Um, we've talked about defenses at length. If you check out my waiver wire call, my next week's defensive rankings in there too. If you want to mix and match I got new England against Cincinnati at number one, cause they know all of their plays. That's what I've heard. So that's always going to work out. Well, I think <laughs> Ravens on Thursday night, Niners, Steelers, Packers, Bills, Chiefs, Titans, Giants and Saints is my top 10. Uh, I think that's a pretty good top 10. Make, make a case for one of the defenses that I don't have inside the top 10. I'm um, kind of looking who I have. Let's see. Let's where you got Seattle. Do you have Seattle? Yeah, I, mean, so I have Seattle low. No. I, I, I have Seattle pretty low. No. I just don't like their defense. Their defense isn't good. No, it's not. But so you told me to make a case for somebody. I'm just going to go pick one. Like, I'm with you with more the majority of your top 10. So if I was going to make a case for somebody that's not there, I'm going to go chase Kyle Allen. And look, Kyle Allen could be like, he's basically turning into Jameis. No, no, that's that's not good because Jameis Winston does it every game in the same game. He's turning into, he's Blake Bortles. He might give you 300 yards and three touchdowns and a pick. And it's, you know, oh God, I can't believe I started my defense against them. Or he could go for the Blake Bortles, 180 yards, three interceptions and a lost fumble. So, you know, again, you 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 asked me to pick somebody outside your top 10. So the Giants would probably be the top streaming defense, I would guess on this list. Uh, so my streamers, so uh, the, I, yeah, I use Yahoo, use ESPN. So my top streaming defense was actually Kansas City, and oh, then I, I, I like, Casey. I think, I, yeah, I think you have to like Casey a lot. I like Dallas, despite they they haven't looked that good so far because they are facing Jared Goff, and Jared Goff could be Jared Goff any single game. And if they get Vander Eich back, then you know that should be good for them. But those two and the Giants would be on the top of my list. I don't have the Rams inside the top 20. Should I have them inside the top 20, do you think? Mm, let me see where I have them, and I can tell you if you should. Well, no, you're the you're the defense ranker anyway. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't like the matchup for them, really. Although, you know, it's not like Dallas has been... They've been worse at protecting Dak lately than they have wow. been all year. You, you want to know where my projections put them? 21st. What, you, are you looking at my projections? No. 
I mean, if you're going to make, if I'm going to ask you about top 20 and then you say that, I'm just going to infer that you meant 21. All right. Fair enough. You're very good. You're very uh, good at deducing. Very logical thinking. Yes. So this is what gets me in a lot of trouble. My commitment to logic. (laughs) That's why your rankings stink. Yeah. So uh, the only one I didn't put on this list that I think you could feasibly do is putting Washington on. I think so. Well, that that's that's a tough one to bite into just because you it's all going to come down to how much pressure they get after Carson Wentz, especially which, if no which, Lane Johnson. Which should be a lot because right. they can't block. With no Lane Johnson. Yeah, and and that's the biggest thing. But as Carson Wentz showed against the Giants, like, yeah, I brought up the Giants earlier in the show about the conversation we were having with Fitzpatrick, and if you were watching that game, the Giants did get pressure on Carson Wentz quite often through that game. And with or without Lane Johnson, they've started to scheme well towards the end of the year. Granted, it's not consistent, and the sacks aren't always there, but that doesn't always mean anything if you're at least getting quarterback pressure and quarterback hits, which the Giants have started to do. So I think that's your downside here. It's like that's where you like it, but the downside is understanding that the, the risk is for the Redskins, similar to the Giants, the secondary is torchable. Yes. I'm not too concerned about points against. I just want pressure. Yeah, and that's certainly fair. As evidence, like I played New Orleans against San Francisco last week. They scored four points. I know they still got them. Yeah, which isn't good, mind you, but they didn't score a defensive touchdown and they scored four points despite giving up 48. Like that should tell you enough about what you should actually be targeting in fantasy defenses. Yeah, Uh, actually the Redskins came out right right next to to the Rams. So there you go. The Rams. Jake Seeley, any final thoughts for people or any advice in their semifinal matchups of the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, stop overthinking it. I know it's super tough, but everybody always gets to this point. I saw one in the chat. He's like, should I stack my three? I forget what team it was. It's like, this isn't DFS. I understand. Like, my opponent's playing blank quarterback. Should I play this wide receiver? Like, I think I told you this, Pat. Legitimately, last week I had somebody. My opponent has Dak Prescott. I'm not kidding you. You can go look at the comments in the rankings last week. My opponent has Dak Prescott. Should I sit Mike Evans for Randall Cobb to offset the quarterback? And I'm not, I don't want to call the guy out. But don't go stop with the overthinking. Don't look at your opponent's lineup. Just set your best lineup. Evaluate if you need the boom or bust by evaluating your own team. And as we always say every year, trust the guys who got you here. If you sat Deshaun Watson two weeks ago, you're probably not even in the playoffs because of that. So stop. Just I know it's fun and I know you're excited because you're in it, but don't overthink it. The only thing I'll say is that if you have a defense remaining and you're already winning and your team is done, just set the defense. Why risk it? Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah, once you've won, say, once you once you've won, just bench your players. Give them a rest. They can use it. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if you're only up by four, which is and I say like three or four, because you don't have to worry about a minor stack correction. If you're up by like three or four, I'd even bench my quarterback. I don't care who it is in case I just don't want negative points for my quarterback either. All right, Jake Seeley, theathletic.com at all in kid on the Twitter box. Tell everyone where they can listen to you, where they can find your work, and what D'Angelo Williams is talking about tomorrow. Yeah, we were talking about the we did AFC last week. We did NFC this week about what their flaws are heading into the playoffs. He got really mad about the NCAA again, which was fun because we always love trashing the NCAA. But he got really mad because he's he's from he went to Memphis and their coach is leaving for FSU. So go listen to it. You'll see why. But yes, all in kid, I tweet everything out. But at the athletic.com slash all in sports, you get 30 percent off. And that's where you can find all the articles, all the stuff, all the teams you follow, all the podcasts, all the good stuff. It's good. Oh, yeah. All in sports podcast this week. With Welsh and Bogman, you know them. With who? Welsh and Bogman. Sure. We used to work with them. (laughs) What do you mean we used to work with them? I I worked with like three people ever. Oh, that's true. Fair enough. 
<laughs> I'm Pat Mayo, who I don't know any of my coworkers apparently. Uh, you can follow <laughs> me at the PME on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find the rankings and the link to the Pat Mayo Listeners League once it's available in the comment section and description of this video and podcast. Just like you can find the Vote Mayo link where you should vote for me, Pat Mayo, sports betting analyst of the year, fantasy analyst of the year. It means more to people like Jake and I than it does to people who work at CBS and ESPN. It means nothing to them. Nothing at all. But it does help increase our profile to help us in the future. So please go vote for me. Don't vote for Jake. Just leave him in the dust so I can just go away and I never have to talk to Jake again. Uh, I kid about that. But if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, smash the like. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me, out of a scale of 1 to 10, how nervous are you? about James Conner this week in week 15 against the Bills coming off that injury. And if you want to get into a draw for 75 DK dollars, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave your DraftKings handle along with a five-star review and something you like about this show. And you'll be in that draw for 75 DK dollars. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.